Welcome back to this week's episode of Seen and Heard, industry updates for the modern dairy family. I'm Darby Toth, a technical field services representative with Western United Dairies. And I'm Melissa Lima, the North Coast and Organic Field Services Rep with Western United Dairies. Welcome back to season two. We're back. Yay, I guess. No, (laughs) I'm excited to be back. I really am. We have um, kind of a housekeeping show today, a lot of little updates about things that happen. And then going into the new year, we're going to have some really great guests talk about a variety of different things from uh, the new dietary guidelines and how they incorporate dairy to all the fun issues that dairy producers are dealing with. So today will be a good episode to kind of warm up the audience, I hope, and get them back into the swing of things. Yeah, I'm excited. I think this is going to be, it's going to be an interesting year and there's, there's already a lot kind of on the docket going forward, which I like, it's going to be busy. So I'm looking forward to that. And like you said, this episode is going to be a little bit of a primer So we're going to have a market update. We're going to have a New Year's message from our board of directors, president, Devin Gialetti. Paul's going to hop on and give us a CV salts update. And then Melissa got a chance to talk with Kevin Piercy of Remundo and Associates about some new FFCRA and Cal OSHA updates and guidelines. And then we are going to round out our episode with a Lucheros update from Rochelle and a little bit more housekeeping from Melissa and I. Yes, lots of housekeeping today. We're getting that spring cleaning done. Um, so, but without further ado, because it's a pretty action-packed episode, I'm going to throw it over to Tiffany for the market update. Hey folks, happy new year. Well, any hopes of a quiet start to uh, the new year in the dairy markets was quickly squashed on Monday afternoon uh, when USDA announced that they would in fact spend uh, $1.5 billion on another round of food boxes uh, for delivery, sometimes probably January through April. Um, The markets immediately got pretty worked up um, as Buyers, you know, work to try to insulate themselves against um, what they thought might mean higher prices as a result. And, you know, sellers kind of step to the sidelines. Um, So we've seen cheese prices come back up a bit this week. Block cheese ended at $191.75 and barrels at $165.25. For the most part, uh, the class three and cheese futures have kind of gone along for the ride as well. Um, kind of anticipating what might be. Um, but what might be is really um, kind of the, still the big question out there. They did expand the varieties of cheese eligible for the boxes. So it's not just focused on American cheese, um, but lots of different varieties. Um, and uh, expanded the list to a couple other commodities as well. So Jury's still out uh, a little bit on what exactly will move through uh, the program and with respect to cheese. Um, the last couple rounds did feature more processed cheese. It also featured more class two products. And we suspect there'll be, be some push uh, towards that again. You know, meanwhile, we've got a lot of milk in the countryside and cheese is said to be pretty readily available. So, you know, good timing for an announcement, um, you know, definitely might help soak up some of that excess cheese as, uh, that we're dealing with as we head into the first of the year here. Um, but still not a ton of information on exactly what move, what will move through the boxes and at um, what quantity. Um, following that announcement on Monday, we also had a positive global dairy trade event out of um, 
New Zealand on Tuesday morning. And that lent some support to the butter and non-fat markets a little bit for the week. Uh, butter Spot butter prices did not move up a lot. We ended the week at $1.38. Non-fat did, though, gain a little bit more ground. We closed at $1.19. Futures on both are a little bit higher uh, for the week, which also helps the class four complex. So I think um, as we look forward, it's, it's you know, all around kind of this, these government buying programs and how much that can offset the amount of milk and dairy product availability we have as, you know, we kind of head into spring flush. Hope you all have a, have a great week and we'll check in next week. Hi, I'm Jessica with PG&E. 811 is a free service to keep our community safe. Before you do any digging, PG&E will mark your gas and electric lines so you don't hit them. Call 811 before you dig. To learn more, visit pge.com safety. All right, now we're going to hop over to an interview with Devin Gialetti, our board of directors, president, and Melissa, talking about what's on the docket for what in the new year. We would like to welcome back to the podcast, Western United Dairies, Board President Devin Gialetti. Devin, welcome back. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having us and Happy New Year's. Happy New Year. We were all having big hopes for 2021. It's getting off to a little bit of a rocky start, but I think hopefully we can overcome all of that. Yeah, having uh, Congress formed the other day, it's, it doesn't really set well for the new year. Yeah, I think uh, somebody said they're, they'd like to return it after their seven-day free trial. Um, yeah. But- <laughs> Um, we would, we have a lot of optimism over at WUD though. I mean, it's going to be a very busy year. We're going to have a lot going on, um, but we have set some really great priorities this year to help our producers. Devin, do you want to talk a little bit about what those priorities are? Yeah, our, our, our biggest priority for this year uh, here at Western United is focusing on labor and labor compliance for our producers. Um, labor uh, regulations and labor laws have always been a big big issue for us, obviously, we've known that, but it, it just seems like with COVID, it just ratcheted up even more. Um, the labor laws are changing weekly almost, and um, I can't even keep up. So Anya's done a great job of, of getting some ideas together and creating a new program to um, help dairy farmers get in compliance and stay in compliance. And uh, she's gonna roll that out soon and I'll let her talk more about it. But um, the penalties of, we all know that the penalties of, of being out of compliance with labor law is just, is just awful and expensive and um, consume so much emotional time and, so, and, and emotional capacity of, and, and become such a huge issue. So we really want to help our, our members out uh, with that. You know, we have consultants for uh, our environmental um, uh, regulations and, and we need consultants to help us with our labor uh, regulations. So. Um, that's definitely one of our top priorities for the year. It's it's always a fun topic. We we have Kevin from Raimondo and Associates on the podcast today covering a couple of issues. So I think the more help and the better options we could provide producers are really going to make a big difference in that realm for sure. Moving along, <laughs> quota, <laughs> quota is on the docket still. Um, it seems like this year that may wrap up to a point, you know, that at least the um, discussion about how to handle it. So yeah. Recently, the administrative law judge ruled um, to go ahead that a real you know ruled to go ahead with a petition. So, I believe Secretary Ross now has to uh, give it the okay and and initiate the referendum process. So, there is definitely a lot of movement uh, with quota that might actually result in a in a up or down vote 
amongst the producers. Definitely. And then kind of one of the other main areas we're going to work on this year is rendering. There's a lot of issues surrounding rendering in the state and especially came to a head last summer. So do you want to talk a little bit about that, Devin? Yeah, rendering, we all know rendering has been an issue for a long time. We're seeing our, our costs go up and up every year and our services going down. And this year was, ex was especially bad where we were dealing with wildfires and smoke and the impact of on health for animals and we all had a you know higher uh, increase in mortalities and um, with rendering uh, processing plant pro you know equipment problems and some you know, one plant going down up north uh, just created a huge backlog in the system and um, here in Turlock um, our our service provider was uh, taking some of our animals to the landfill but then the landfill uh, had a grass fire nearby and uh, they were shut down for a few days so. Here we are left with zero options to uh, legally handle our, our mortalities. So it's it's come to a point now where we have to do something. And we believe that composting uh, during emergency situations, uh, you know, on, on, on concrete uh, is an effective way to handle our, our rendering issue uh, during, during emergencies, at least. So uh, that's something that we're, we're really going to work on this year to basically give our producers another way to handle uh, their mortalities. And so kind of in light of all these issues, our, our PAC board is gonna be meeting separately from our board here in the next couple of weeks and setting our political strategies for 2021. So kind of depending on COVID issues, that'll determine a lot of what the PAC does this year, what priorities they have. Yeah, soon we're having our PAC meeting. We're all going to get together and, and see what our what our uh, strategies are for this year. What uh, dairy legislators, you know, what dairy friendly legislators we're going to support, and um, come up with a strategy for this year on uh, on what we're going to do. I, we expect this year to be a busy year. Uh, last year, a lot of bills were tabled, and a lot of things got got scrapped because of COVID and the wildfires. So um, if things play out more normal this year, then we're going to see a busy legislative year. That's for sure. Definitely. Well, if all of this stuff just sounds so exciting to our producers that they want to get a little more involved, Evan, we're having a big push um, starting this week for elections. So do you want to share a little bit with members about our election process and how they can get involved? Yeah. So uh, this year we're reaching out for uh, delegates and board member seats and I believe there's a seat open in every single district for, for both. Um, you know, I started out as a delegate and uh, that's how I started getting involved in Western and I moved up to a delegate chair and they got nominated to the board. So uh, it's important that we, we get the best and the brightest amongst our membership to get involved and to show leadership. Um, also, I would like to see as many competitive races as possible. Um, a lot of times, some of these seats are ran uncontested and um, it only makes it better to have, have as many producers possible uh, running for the seats and getting on the board because we're, you know, we're only as good as our membership and we reflect our membership. So um, the, the more talent we get on the board, uh, the better Western United is gonna be for sure. Absolutely. And I think almost every district has some sort of seat open, whether it's a board seat or a delegate seat. And um, it's easier than ever because of COVID. We're not running around with nomination sheets to a lot of dairies this year. We just need you to send in a nomination via email and 
we'll get the signatures um, electronically this year. So it's easy and um, there's a lot of good reasons to get involved. So we hope producers will reach out if they have any questions to Darby or I or the office and we can connect you with the information on elections. Well, Devin, before we let you go, um, anything else you'd like to say to our members um, in light of the new year and all the exciting undertakings Western United Dairies has this spring? Yeah, I wanna thank every last member of Western United Dairymen for, for uh, being, for supporting our organization and being a part of it. Um, we're constantly thinking about how to provide value to our members. Um, we value your membership dues and uh, we feel like it's a great responsibility that we have to represent you guys the best best way possible. So we're uh, focused on the legislator. We're, we're focusing on quota rendering um, and this labor program that we're going to talk more about in the future. It's we're trying to find ways to make your lives better, um, make your lives easier and to create ways to add value to Western and to add value to you. So if we can take some of these pressing issues and, and streamline it and, and help you out uh, with some issues in the future. So we're, we're just trying hard to, to make, make us worth your time, so. Absolutely, and just to kind of wrap that up, if you need anything, if you have questions, call us. We could help with all of those issues we just mentioned. Paul is really hitting the truck issue hard. We've talked a little bit in today's episode about CV salts and all the intricacies of that. We've got a lot of irons in the fire. So just um, call us with your questions and um, just call us if you need someone to talk to. I think our board members would extend that same invitation. It's It's been a really rough year in 2020, both um, you know in the business world and I think emotionally for a lot of people. And so um, please know that you're not handling that alone. We're here to help and we're happy to just listen if you need a sounding board. Yeah, and same for me. My uh, my phone's always on. Um, you can get a hold of me at 209-606-7886. Um, my email is out there. Call me anytime with any issues, um, anything you want to talk about, for sure. Well, thanks so much, Devin, for taking the time to join us today. We'll catch you here in the next few weeks to check back in. Yep, thank you. Thanks so much, Devin. Now we'll jump over to Paul Souza, who's bringing us some more exciting news about the CV Salts program. We would love to welcome back to the show for his first appearance in 2021, our M Director of Environmental Affairs, Paul Souza. Welcome back, Paul. Happy New Year. Thank you, Melissa, and Happy New Year to you and to all of our listeners. Paul, we're really grateful to have you back, and we promised the listeners some good info on the podcast on trucks. So we're gonna hit that next week for sure. But this week, um, we wanna talk about something that we covered in our weekly update, and that is the CV salts. A lot has been happening with CV salts as Western United has been reporting. So can you fill us in a little bit? Yeah, uh, sure, Melissa. Um, and the latest is that the Central Valley Water Board recently sent out letters to all permitted facilities in the Central Valley, including all dairies, about the salt control program part of CV salts. Uh, these letters are titled as Notice to Comply. Okay, um, weren't there CV Salt's Notice to Comply letters that went out last spring as well? Yes, that is correct. And this is different from those Notice to Comply letters for the nitrate control program that went out only to facilities that included dairies in priority one areas. 
in contrast, everyone is getting the SALT control letter that it just went out this week. The good news is that dairies are already in compliance with the SALT control program if they are members of the Central Valley Dairy Representative Monitoring Program or CVDRMP. Since almost all dairies are members of the CVDRMP, this will be an easy process and the CVDRMP will respond to their, on their members' behalf and pay the fees for 2021. And since the CVDRMP has been able to reduce their monitoring costs, they're gonna be able to cover the cost of the SALT control program without increasing their membership due at this time. Okay, so there's some good news for members in there for sure. So what is important for our members to know is that this letter is coming and that the CBDRMP has addressed the issue and it's really nothing major that they need to get too worried about or have any really deliverables that they have to handle. Yeah, exactly. They just need to be aware of this. They're gonna get a letter in the mail. They need to be aware you know, that it came and that um, their response has uh, been addressed by the CBDRMP. Uh, work does continue on the nitrate control program part of CB Salts, the other part with management zones forming and preparing early action plans that are due in March of this year. Uh, and as you said at the beginning of this uh, podcast, uh, we've been reporting regularly on that issue and keeping our members up to date. The CBDRMP is also engaged in the nitrate control program, making sure that dairy's voice is heard uh, as we move through that process. There will be costs for the nitrate control program and the CBDRMP uh, will not be able to absorb those. Uh, so watch for more information from them on this in the coming weeks. Uh, the CVDRMP is handling that, uh, but there will be costs that are you know, beyond what they're able to absorb in their normal budget. So uh, they will provide more information in a newsletter and um, in various routes over the next couple of weeks. Okay, great. Well, thanks, Paul. So just to reiterate that we need to understand the difference between the nitrate control program and the salt control program and for those folks that are a little nervous because of the salt control letters that they got or will be getting, it's it's definitely being handled by the CBDRMP. Exactly. Yep. That's uh, it's important for our members to know that as they get a letter in the mail, uh, especially like you said, also you know, kind of some good news. This one's been taken care of. Yes, finally some good news. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Paul, for joining us, and we will have you back next week to talk a little bit about trucks. Sure. Thank or maybe you for a lot about trucks. <laughs> thanks, Paul. Sure. Thanks again, Paul, for that update. We're going to listen in now on a chat between Melissa and Kevin from Ramundo and Associates talking about some new labor and OSHA guidelines in the new year. Okay, we'd love to welcome back to the podcast our friend Kevin Piercy from Ramundo and Associates. Welcome back, Kevin. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, Melissa. It's, well, it's uh, nice to be back. Hey, happy new year. And um, Kevin, you're joining us with some some good news and some not so good news about some changes to different COVID related regulations, both at the state and federal level. So it's just a lot of stuff. We'll kind of try to pare it down into pieces, but first maybe we'll cover what's going on with the FFCRA or the Families First Coronavirus Relief Act regulation. And that pertained to that 80 hours of pay that, that employees were entitled to. Yeah, so the FFCRA, uh, as most employers know, provided a uh, 80 hours of emergency paid sick leave to all uh, employers throughout the United States who have uh, fewer than 500 employees throughout the United States and its territories. And um, that 80 hours of pay was for 
um, any coronavirus related uh, reason, basically. And uh, also in California, we, uh, we enacted the uh, emergency or, or uh, executive order that Governor Newsom put out that was eventually codified into uh, Labor Code 248 and 248.1. And that was the California's uh, supplemental paid sick leave. Right. And that, was, uh, that basically took the FFCRA's 80 hour leaves, 80 hours of uh, emergency paid sick leave and applied that to all California employers with, more than, with 500 or more employees. Okay. Uh, but it was specifically tied to the FFCRA's mandatory provision to provide those 80 hours. Uh, on December 31st at midnight, uh, switching over into the new year, that expired. So the FFCRA actually, it did get extended, and Congress did extend it, but they did not extend the, um, the mandatory 80 hours. Okay. However, they are allowing um, employers who are still going to voluntarily provide that the, that COVID uh, the COVID nineteen leave, they are still going to give them the um, the tax credit that they would have received um, back in twenty twenty. Okay. That's but good. so so you know so we're all like, hey, this is this is nice. This is a good time for employers because now it's no longer mandatory these eighty hours, and and uh, we can you know maybe it's not going to hurt everyone you know, as much. Um, there's like some good breathing room, but at the same time that this was happening um, in December of 2020, uh, the Cal emergency regulations came out and those emergency regulations, they do require now that any employee who uh, is exposed to, you know, uh, to COVID-19 as a, uh, a, as a work-related exposure, remember that's also, there's the, uh, because of Governor Newsom's uh, um, you know, because, because of, uh, uh, you know, what came out earlier last year was there's a presumption that COVID-19 yeah. is work-related. Um, yeah. So you have to prove against that. So basically everybody is going to be presumed to be a COVID-19 case from work unless their employer could stop that. Right. But now they have to be paid so long as they're asymptomatic. That's the, that's the huge thing going into this. Um, okay. they, they actually just clarified that this afternoon of uh, it only applies to, um, to employees who are asymptomatic because it has, the requirement is that the employees are able and um, available for work. Okay. So as soon as they start developing symptoms, they're no longer able and available for, uh, to work. And so now that becomes a worker's compensation or a state disability insurance type of situation. Okay. So, so that yeah. makes things a little bit easier to swallow for producers um, who may have an employee. We've heard of a lot of producers who've had employees here and there that have co contracted COVID, a few asymptomatics, but really most of them have some symptoms, even if they're mild. Yeah. And so, so this is, this is good. Um, also there, there was some concerns about, um, uh, prior to, to today, actually, there was concerns of, well, how long are, are we going to have to pay this? Because yeah. the, it, it was actually really open-ended of, if this employee is out sick for three weeks, four weeks, are we going to have to pay them the entire time if they're asymptomatic or, or if they're, you know, for whatever reason, if they couldn't come back to work? Yeah. And, and it was, you know, yeah, we may have to. Fortunately, that's changed. Um, okay. So Kalosha has clarified that uh, at the end of the 14 day uh, quarantine period, because remember that it's a maximum of 14 days generally. Yeah. Um, if the employees are after the 10 days, if they want to, if they're 
good to come back, but they have to be masked up and keep, you know, extra kind of uh, protective measures until day sure. 14 is passed. But after that 14th day, if they're still not able to come back to the office, then there is now a presumption that, or there's a good, not a presumption necessarily, but there's a good indicator that that employee is not able and available for work because they haven't been cleared to come back for whatever reason. So as soon as that happens, even if, I, I guess if they're asymptomatic, it, I can't really think of a, of a situation where they would be asymptomatic and still not be cleared to come back up to the 14 days. Mm -hmm. But um, if that's the case, then you can now switch to a workers' comp situation or, uh, or okay. you know, look at doing some temporary disability. Okay. Well, good to know. There's a lot of nuance, and, and we've talked about this offline a little bit, Kevin, but basically, when in doubt, producers should call their field rep or call Ramondo and Associates and ask to speak to you. You're the COVID guru, whether you want to be or not. Um, yeah. But yeah. basically, because there's so much nuance, there's some simple things to understand. But if you have a question that you just really can't understand um, when reading the regulation, please call and we'll have it answered. Absolutely. And, and this is a this is a time that people need to be really on the ball right now of yeah. um, looking up what's going on. Or I know we put out uh, e-blasts as much as we can. Um, if you're on if you're on our district district list, sure. uh, you'll get those. Um, the reason why they keep going out all the time is because these rules keep changing. We just Sometimes actually daily. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> as we were just talking, I, I did just put out one yesterday and then Kalosha gave a, this update today. And it's like, okay, well, let's, let's clarify again. Um, right now it's the new year. We have all sorts of stuff going on. Um, many, many changes have happened uh, legally, you know, throughout the, the legal landscape. And so right now we can really expect, especially with the, with the new strains of COVID going on and, and this new hyper awareness of, of everything is, there's likely going to be a lot of changes happening in the, in the next, uh, in the next few weeks or months. And so, um, definitely, you know, you, you need to be, you need to be talking to your field rep. I mean, we're always available here at Raymond and Associates. Um, this is, this is something you, you we do need to be on the ball and, and looking at it because it, it really is, there are constant changes going on right now, um, yeah. day to day sometimes. Yeah. And, and the clarifications, I mean, look at last year, there was the, the change in close contact, what was a huge one that a lot of people still ha haven't uh, really caught up on the, where it was before 15 minutes, you know, being mm -hmm. within six feet for 15 minutes at a time. And then it suddenly changed to 15 minutes cumulative over 24 hour period. Yeah. And that still hasn't fully caught on. A lot of, yeah. a lot of people still aren't aware of that. And it's, Absolutely. And on a dairy, that's a big one because yeah. we may encounter each other for short snippets during the day, but those could add up really quickly. So yeah, it's, it's really crazy out there. I mean, in the case of this particular regulation, it was, it was a change within hours we recorded and now we're re-recording because <laughs> um, it changed so rapidly on a Friday afternoon. So we really appreciate you taking the time to, first of all, be on top of this and get the info out to us so we could get it to our members, but just also to update us. And we'll have some follow-up for these things. Um, there's a couple other things that are changing really rapidly that we'll have in our update this coming week, and then we'll cover in the next couple weeks on the podcast again. But thanks again, Kevin, for joining us and happy new year. Hopefully we'll, things will start to settle out a little here. <laughs> as we, maybe we'll call February the new year. <laughs> 
<laughs> Absolutely. Well, it was a pleasure coming back and, and being on here and uh, you know, happy new year to you as well. And, and let's hope uh, this year is a lot better than last year. <laughs> yes, for sure. I think, I think we don't have a very high bar, luckily. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah. Yosemite Farm Credit is the farmer's choice for agriculture financing. As a farmer-owned cooperative, we are dedicated to serving our neighbors in the agriculture community with financial products and services tailored to your operation and backed with the relationship you can trust. Whether you're purchasing real estate, making improvements to the dairy, or wanting to purchase or lease equipment, we're here to help our members prosper. Visit our website at yosemitefarmcredit.com to find a branch location nearest you. Hello Dairy members, hoping everyone had a wonderful Christmas and a happy new year. It's me, Rochelle from Lecheros Unidos de California. Just to let everyone know that we're back on track and ready to start helping you hire employees. All you need to do is contact me via email or phone at rashell at wadaries.com or make that office call at 209-527-6453 and we will be gladly to help you out. Thank you and have a wonderful weekend. Well, Darby, this episode has already had a lot of housekeeping reminders. So to continue with that theme, um, we had one more set of reminders. This ran in our update this week, but we also wanted to run down these reminders on the show. And that's the new payroll regulations that went into effect at the start of 2021. So no new laws were passed in 2020 regarding payroll. These are all just um, increases and in adjustments occurring from things that happened uh, over the last several years. So I'll let you take it away. Yeah, we worked with our legal team this week to bring you some of the key changes for these payroll regulations in 2021, which to start off with include a minimum wage increase in 2021. That's $13 per hour for small employers. That's 25 or fewer employees and $14 per hour for the large employers. That would be 26 or more employees. Ag overtime for small employers, 24 or fewer. They must pay overtime after 10 hours in a work day. There is no work week maximum this year for overtime payment, and they must pay overtime exempt managers, supervisors, etc. the minimum monthly salary of $4,507. If you're a large employer, that's 25 or more employees, your ag overtime laws must pay overtime after eight and a half hours in a workday. You must pay overtime after 45 hours in a work week and you must pay overtime exempt managers, supervisors, et cetera, a minimum monthly salary of $4,854. We know that this can be quite complicated. So if you have any further questions about these changes or how they can affect you or your dairy, please let us know and we'll connect you with our legal advisors. Yes. And one last bit of housekeeping business, um, a couple of upcoming, well, one upcoming event and, um, just to let you know, we have some other fun events on tap for this year, all virtual, of course, looking forward until um, we get a little more clearance on the COVID rules. But so to start out this next week, our Western United Dairymen virtual kitchen table meetings resume. Paul Souza is going to join us with his reminders and updates on the truck rule, which um, as dairymen will remember, they have to report on by January 31st. And then we have some other really great um, virtual kitchen table meetings on tap. We're gonna hear from Tiffany, our contract economist with 
Glimling. We're going to hear from the folks over at the California Dairy Council. They're going to talk a little bit about the new dietary guidelines. And there's some exciting stuff coming from Anya in the political realm that folks can look forward to. So those webinars, as a reminder, are every Thursday at 11 a.m. And the event is usually listed on our Facebook page and our website. And if you have some requests for topics you'd like to see covered, please don't hesitate to email us. But again, Paul Souza will be kicking those off for 2021 this next Thursday, January 14th with a truck rule webinar. Exciting stuff. Hey. And a huge thank you to Tiffany, Devin, Paul, and Kevin, and all the Ramundo and Associates staff this week, as well as Rochelle from our office for joining us for today's episode. And thank you for all our listeners and members for joining us in the new year. Remember to reach out to us with questions, comments, or content requests at wud.pod at gmail.com. My email is Darby, D-A-R-B-Y at wudairies.com. And you can reach Melissa at M-L-E-M-A-M-Lima at wudairies.com. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite platform. Have a great week, everyone. While West United Dairies respects the varied views of our podcast guests, Please know that views expressed on Seen and Heard may not necessarily reflect the positions of the Western United Dairies Board of Directors. Thank you to Western United Dairies' generous 2020 business sponsors. Gar Bennett, California Dairy Magazine, Farm Credit Alliance, FNR Ag Services, Moss Energy Works, Bennett Environmental, PG&E, and Yosemite Farm Credit. We appreciate our sponsors and thank them for their continued support. If you'd like more information on how to sponsor Western United Dairies or this podcast, please send us an email at info at wudairies.com. That's info at wudairies.com.